Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Living Your Juiciest Life Ever. Wherever it is that you are in the world today, I am excited uh, about my guest today, and you are going to love the conversation because it's all about love, and it's all about self-love. But welcome to Living Your Juiciest Life Ever, where we have conversations with incredible people that are living their juiciest life ever, that have come from perhaps selfless and now to self-full, to uh, sometimes from self-loathing to self-love, whatever that is, it's living in that juicy place now where it's a fullness as opposed to an emptiness seeking to be filled from something on the outside, stepping in and owning voices to inspire you to do the same. Because as Matilda says, who is my guest today, she says, it all begins and ends with you. So Matilda, we actually met on a podcast and I was a guest with her and another amazing woman by the name of Kia. And uh, Matilda Tavanian does a show called Coffee with Matilda. So that's a show that's similar to what we're talking about because we're talking about self-love. So this is going to be an amazing conversation. And she is a lawyer by trade. She seems to be traveling the world right now, but you're going to find out a lot more about her. I love her energy. Her laugh is contagious. Her sweetness is juicy. And it's great to have you here today, Matilda. Welcome. Thank you, Kay. This is awesome. I'm very excited to be part of the juicy life <laughs> and have a conversation with you about it and your audience. Uh, I love your energy. And yes, we saw each other first time uh, with Kia uh, in Hot Topics. And I loved uh, who you are and what you're doing. And I'm like, you know, I was when you when we talked about a show together, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I want to be part of your show. And I want to learn a lot about my juiciness in life. <laughs> It's a good reminder because if you're if we're reminding other people, sometimes we need to be reminded too. Yes. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so Matilda, I uh, love that you are a lawyer and that you started a podcast you mentioned a year and a half ago. So first question would be, how did you become a lawyer? What was the what was the driving force? What was the trigger? How long did you know that you wanted to be a lawyer? And what kind of a lawyer are you? <laughs> well, I'm uh, I I'm an immigrant in America, so I'm an Armenian Iranian. I moved from Iran to America when I was eight, 17 and a half, eighteen, and then I went to college. And I think well, I don't know. Something was telling me I always loved law and being a trial lawyer, I thought that's what I wanted to be. But then I realized it's very difficult and it's not what in the movies are. <laughs> so uh, I ended up being uh, working in commodities. And I moved to New York. I finished my law school and then I worked in commodities. And um, uh, right before pandemic, I met a beautiful man. <laughs> And I went to visit him in Paris and I got stuck because the world, sh everything shut down and I got married and now I'm a married lady, I guess. I haven't had my wedding yet, but I had my ceremony. <laughs> well, that's incredible. So did yeah. you, you, where it was so, okay, now there's some fuel there. So you went to Paris. No, 
You went to meet him in Paris. Where did yes, you meet him? He's, uh, first, I met him in Armenia. We both went there for a conference, for a technology conference. And then I met him there, but he's French. So I went to visit him in Paris and then I got stuck. And uh, I got stuck with the guy that I was just thought I'm going to date him and to see how juicy he is. <laughs> and then, voila, I got, I was like, oh, man, I might as well get married to him. <laughs> we had a good pandemic. We had a good lockdown together. So let's get married. And uh, which I was kind of against the marriage idea. The mm-hmm. idea of marriage wasn't something that I was interested in. Not necessarily, I didn't want to get married, but I don't think I was um, in the process of looking for a husband. That wasn't the case. That's when it uh, always happens, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was just happy being single in New York. I don't know if I was single in other cities, how I would feel. But in New York, it's a city for single people. You enjoy being single because, you know, everything caters for single people there. <laughs> wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> so whoever is single and listening, you need to go to New York because you're going to date a lot of people. You're going to go out and it's exciting life there. Oh, I, I, if, I, if I had only known before I got married, <laughs> <laughs> then maybe I would have had a trip there too. <laughs> so now that you are, um, you've been a lawyer for how long? Uh, five, six years now. Oh my God. Yeah. Six years. And you, um, are you, are you regularly traveling or you, do you normally, do you live, do you reside in New York city? Well, I was living in New York city, but my work was in a way that I was working in Geneva a lot. So I was traveling a lot while I was working in New York, uh, at the moment because of the pandemic and stuff, kind of our traveling is stopped. And, um, I'm, uh, I decided to work with my husband because I don't think as a single woman traveling was fun. I mean, at one point it wasn't fun because you're, work, you're traveling for work. You're going to nice places, but not necessarily you're enjoying it because it's a lot of pressure and mm-hmm. you have a lot of responsibility there. Uh, and I always was thinking, how can I have a husband and a family and travel like this? So kind of pandemic was, I think was good for me because put the perspective, the reality of what I want. And I decided what I need as a human being, as a woman. As a woman, I think it's very important because as a man, as a husband, maybe you don't need to stay somewhere that much, but women need to nest and maybe to be with their children more. Um, And then I realized that job is not for me. Uh, right now, we're just trying to figure out a company with my husband. So we're in kind of in a starting phase of uh, my new chapter in life. Wow, that's exciting. So <laughs> besides the fact that you decided that, okay, I'm married now and I want to nest, what else did you discover during that time that became clear that was important to you for the relationship? I think one of the interesting elements that I'm still shocked, my husband, my partner, is not necessarily the guys that I was always going after. 
And I realized what you want and what you need is very different. Okay. A lot of women, or what, I was one of them as well, I was after what I think I like. And that's what never worked. Till you meet someone and you realize, but this is the personality that can handle me. This is what I need. So, and then you understand why the other relationships didn't work. So people who are out there and they're still single, I want to suggest them, you need to sit down and you really have to be, be honest with yourself because we can be, oh, I want this, I want that. Yeah, but can you handle that kind of a man? Or that kind of a man can handle you. That's a different story. So you need to understand where is your, what is your personality, what your needs are as a human being. Mm -hmm. And be honest with yourself, as brutal as possible, because that's when you understand um, where, where uh, then you can date um, smartly. I think that's the right word. Instead of wasting a whole bunch of yes. time. Exactly. So that's a beautiful thing. This, so what is uh, what we need and what we want are two different things. Mm. And it's interesting because I thought as you were speaking, I was thinking about how different my husband is in comparison to what I dated mm. before as well. And my husband is very different than uh, the people that I dated before as far as personality is concerned. And what how I feel about life is also very different because of his presence. And we've had that same impact on one another. And so uh, a very simple thing is, is that he, as opposed to trying to keep me small, my husband always wants me to be more of who it is that I really am so that I can be joyful. Right. So I can be selfful. And so he encourages all of that. And I want him to be more of who it is that he, that who he is as well. And so how the relationship is uh, developing and how we support one another is very different because I always felt controlled before, mm. right? They were all trying to keep me down without yeah. realizing it even. Yes. True. And so what I think it's important to understand who you are. And I don't I emphasize this so much that people need to be alone with themselves enough. You have to take yourself on a date alone. You have to go to restaurants alone. You need to go to movies alone. You need to maybe travel alone to understand who you are, because in different stages or different scenarios, different events, you act differently. So you need to take care of you so you can understand who am I? What do I need? I watch movies but I'm, or I'm imagining that I can be this, but am I really this? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think once you have, and the journey of my podcast is more of um, self-discovery. By you discovering yourself, you can give yourself the permission to love yourself more. And I don't think there is, I think the purpose of human beings in this world, the biggest purpose that you have is just to understand who you are. There's nothing else there. To understand who you are and to love yourself. 
you don't need to be the inventor of the world. You don't need to be the Mother Teresa of the world. You just need to be who you're supposed to be. And that is by understanding yourself, by tuning into yourself and to loving yourself and to giving yourself the permission to grow and to be who you're supposed to be. And I think that's the mission. I don't see there is a higher mission than that. Some people think I'm very selfish, but I think that's the that's how people should live their life. I don't know. I'm okay. an only child, so maybe <laughs> that affects too. <laughs> it's actually it's very interesting because often when we speak of self love, people can see that as a selfish thing because they don't understand it. Mm. Right. Oftentimes because of the way we've been brought up and then we went through this uh, phase in uh, in time where it was the me generation. Mm. Right. Well, there's narcissistic me and then there's real me. Yeah. Right. There is there's different different. It's a completely different thing. And when it is true self-love, it's because you're putting your own oxygen mask on first and even people and parents, especially mothers, especially don't understand that. They say, but you don't understand. Like I would die for my children. Yeah, well, that's great. But you want to die before giving them what it is that you think that you want to give them, mm-hmm. right? Because you're burning yourself out because you're not feeding your own soul first. Exactly. And you can't, when you can't, when you love from a place of emptiness, it's a place of neediness Mm -hmm. because you're seeking someone else to fulfill that love. And that's nobody's job, but yours. And then until we can love ourselves, we can't even receive love. Mm. And so it's a kind of a messed up perspective, you know, in my culture, Armenian, Iranian, they look at, oh, the woman should get married at a certain age. They, they force you, they push you, actually, a lot of times. And they will keep telling me, oh, Matilda, why are you not getting married? You're this, you're that, you know, earlier. But for me, it was like, okay, I haven't found the right person. Just marriage is not the answer for my problems. Why would I need to marry someone just for the marriage idea? Okay, just because I like that guy, that doesn't mean... I'm mature enough emotionally. Yeah, my age is for mature people, but am I truly mature emotionally to understand what marriage is, to do certain compromise, to um, to love myself enough to start loving another person, to give them that freedom to be who they want to be? Yes. That's... I wasn't in that place a couple of years ago. I would want that man to act or behave the way that I want him. I still do sometimes. But then there's the understanding that oh, I love this person, that I need to give him the freedom that he needs, whatever element, way possible, so he can blossom for me. <laughs> Not the way to grow up the way that I want him to be, you know? So it's kind of, I don't know, it's complicated. And, um, and yet I, it's very simple. Yes. It's acceptance. So our own acceptance of ourselves, our own self-love of ourselves, we can then allow other people to be who they are. And if they're a fit for our life, we have a much better concept of who it is, as you mentioned, uh, is a fit for our life. 
when we get to that place and acceptance. It's so funny that you would say that sometimes I want him to be the way that I want him to be. And before my husband and I got married, um, I would ask myself whenever I got frustrated or impatient. And I'd say, am I wishing he was being, that he was like me uh, or am I wanting him to be someone other than himself? Mm. And then in a less than 10 seconds, I would know the answer to the question and I would laugh and I would go, he can only be him. Mm. And if it's not him that I want to be with, then that's it. Right. So um, when he asked me to marry him, I very seriously asked myself the question, is there anything in my mind or in my being that wants him to change, to be someone else? And the answer to the question had to be no before I could say yes. Very nice. True. Yeah, it's, uh, that's why I'm like self awareness of understanding is very important otherwise you cannot understand others and you cannot even have compassion for others when you realize um i always tell people you have to or in my podcast i always say sit in front of a mirror and look at yourself and smell the bad smell uh, smell the good smell inside you obviously you have dark sides you have positive side you have shortcomings till the moment that you're not okay with your shortcomings, till the moment that you cannot look at the mirror comfortably and say, yes, I did this, this, this wrong. I, this, these paths were wrong that I took it. These parts of my personality have problems and I have to work on it or there are my shortcomings that I need to work on to make it. Some of them is not going to change. It is what it is. Am I going to accept it or not? I'm going to live my life with those uh, red flags some some of them in my personality or some of them I can improve it till you don't have that moment that meeting with yourself nothing comes you cannot have a very true connection with another human being even with mm-hmm. your children you can think that you have good connection but what are you portraying who are you? What is it? Where is that mask coming from? Which mask you're using? By you constantly putting certain masks on, at, at the end of the day, you're going to be exhausted. No kidding. And, mm-hmm. and teaching your children that they can't be themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's been so much of that. There's been so much that's been lost in the world uh, with the entrainment of the busyness right? Keeping people so busy and confused and overwhelmed that they stop making intuitive or heart choices. And they try and, and they, we, we start thinking predominantly on the left side of the brain and we lose that creative and the connection to the heart and the creation and the connection to the int- intuition and our spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. And so it, it creates a world that doesn't of people that don't trust themselves right and they don't know themselves and it makes them want and and so then also what happens is shopaholic is definitely a symptom of that because it's a constant desire to seek to find a way to make me feel better about myself by buying things which never works (laughs) true or addiction alcoholism 
drugs. Just another form of addiction. And also even going through bad relationships, relationships after relationship, not giving yourself the time to heal. It's another thing because you're kind of afraid of yourself to be alone and to feel the pain. To, um, I think the society is in a way that we don't advertise. We advertise you shouldn't feel the pain. But actually, pain is beautiful. It's through pain that we grow. It's through pain that we, we have breakthroughs. And if we have a society that constantly is like, oh, you have to constantly feel good. But why you should constantly feel good? I mean, you're a human being. There are days that you have to be blue. Oh, for God's sake, some days you have to feel bl black, <laughs> let alone blue. So, and these emotions are beautiful because they're teaching you something, because they're there to give you warnings. And if you want to constantly numb it, numb it with shopping, numb it with eating, numb it with, I don't know, going out a lot with friends or um, partying or I don't know, lots of other ways that you get, lots of other outlets you find to not feel what you have to feel, mm -hmm. to sit in front of yourself because it's painful to look at it in the mirror. That's why we have a lot of problems in the world. That's why I say everything starts and ends with you. All the answers are within you. It's just maybe you haven't digged in uh, deep enough to find it. Yeah. So what, before you came, before you, I'm going to back, back right up. And so when you came from Armenia. Iran. 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 Yeah. Okay. So your decision to come over, what, what was the process that you had with that? What were you, what was going on for you? Um, I always had that thought or the setting was that, that I will have, my education outside of the country after my high school. So living was not a very surprise for me or surprise for my family, my parents. Although I'm an only child, but we always knew that I'm going to go after my high school to um, study. Oh, so you left for education. Yes. So my, and my grandma was living in LA. So for me, I came to my grandma's house and my grandma gave me a beautiful life, 10 years in Los Angeles. It was uh, 10 years of love and, you know, so much love. <laughs> she was my everything. I mean, she's my roommate. She was my roommate and she was my everything too. So, <laughs> wow. It was a beautiful life. And I'm very thankful of that. Yes. So was there a time in your life where, um, before you came to where you are now, where you were giving too much to others or coming from more of a place of a lack of self-love? Um, I am just thinking because I'm an only child, mm -hmm. I think young age, you learn about you a lot because you, um, you're most of the time alone with yourself. I mean, okay, you're interacting with your parents, but most of the times you're alone. Okay. If you don't have a playmate, then you're alone with yourself. Mm -hmm. you you kind of naturally prioritize you a lot <laughs> yourself a lot because that's the conditions you grow up and people around you they pay attention a lot as well um, because you're the only child in that family I think for me 
understanding me and my needs haven't been that difficult. But what was the problem is, I think, coming from a culture that I'm coming in the culture of Armenian or Iranian, you give a lot to the family. You do things a lot for other people of the family, mm-hmm. uh, especially as a child. You learn that you have to give a lot to your parents because all oh, that they are your parents. They've done so much for you that that's what you have to do as well. It took me a long time to understand and to put the boundaries around the family. I still struggle with it. In um, Western culture, I think you don't have that problem that much because from a young age, you're a little bit independent at sense of the relationship of a family and you. But in my culture, and I see a lot of people from my background, they have the same problem. My mom has the same problem. My mom doesn't understand when she's tired. She doesn't understand if she's tired or not mm-hmm. because she doesn't put the time to think. Is she tired? <laughs> she's like, she's constantly doing things. Yeah, she's constantly doing things for me, for the husband, for the mom, for, I don't know, friend. The I'm maybe more, I'm a little bit more advanced. I'm understanding that. But marrying Sasha, my husband, I understood that, oh, I'm tired and I'm not supposed to do things because I'm tired. I didn't have that concept before. My mom calls me, doesn't matter how tired I am, I have to talk and, you know, be joyful as well because I don't want her to be worried. But he taught me, no, you're tired. You have to respect you and take some responsibilities and boundaries around it. So you can be rested enough. Your phone is always on because, oh, you're worried. If your mom sends you something, you want to, no, but, you know, that line has to be there. So I'm learning from him to give myself the permission towards my family members um, to say no. <laughs> you know? Nice. Because That's- they've done so much. Because I'm learning from my mom. I'm learning from my grandma. She ne- I never knew my grandma is sick. Because if I need something, she's there for me. doesn't matter how she feels. So you learn that, oh, you do that towards them too, but it's not healthy. No, definitely not. So boundaries. Yeah. Very important. So (laughs) can you share, like, from your experiences, from your experiences of this whole self-love journey, when, like, I know your podcast started a year and a half ago. What, what was, where, where was the time frame that you kind of, you either knew that you needed to work on self-love or you uh, had an awareness of it, that it was something that you needed to elevate? Or has this just been something that since an adult, you kind of, it's been that, a kind of a lifelong journey? I think it's been a lifelong journey because uh, I love Sufism. And I read and write poetry, Persian poetry especially, which is related to Sufism a lot, Hafez, Rumi. And then you learn everything starts with you and ends with you, whatever answer you have, it's within. This is like Sufi concept. And um, and I think being an only child, you have a lot of time to be alone with your thought process. Mm -hmm. It was something I understood 
that everything's, if I have a problem with someone, it's not them. I mean, it's how I'm handling it. So Who has I, the issue? Is it their issue or is it mine? It's mine. Exactly. Yeah. So if I dig in, I can understand maybe how I could have done differently that uh, to prevent it or to not allow that to bother me. I understood everything. I have control over it. So if I fix or if I work on I, then I'm a stronger person to handle the problems outside. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. And maybe okay. being an immigrant and you learn that, you know, everything is on you right now. Uh, it's different when you're living with mom and dad. They have connections, they have network, they have, uh, you know, I don't know, your car doesn't work. Your dad knows someone that, or the mom knows a doctor that, you know, you can go. So you use it. But when you're alone and you're an immigrant, Although I had my grandma, but my grandma was giving me the love that I needed. She didn't have the, she was an immigrant as well. So she didn't have people to refer it to me. Um, you learn that things you have to take care of it yourself. The love is there. I come home and she gives me that love. But if in order for me, for my life to go a certain direction, it's me handling me. So, so there was a sense of responsibility self-responsibility that you took when you moved here and decided you were going to have an education and do all of that exactly I think I give you a very simple um, and like a stupid example my friends would get go and start drinking I mean I love drinking too but for me it was okay I have to drink one but I cannot get drunk because I don't have a family member to come after me my grandma doesn't drive or if something, or I cannot, um, I cannot drive very fast. If something happens to me, there is no one there to take care of me. Mm. I think, whereas my other friends were like, oh, we're fun. They're like, I don't know, 18, 19, what an 18, 19 year old does. You just go crazy. But for me, there was always a limit. I like to experience it, but there's a limit there. I cannot cross that limit. Do you have some self-discipline? Yeah, I think that comes because when you're alone, like there's nothing yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, 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 you actually thought about the potential consequences yeah. as opposed to just like, oh, it's a party. Who cares? Right. Exactly. Sure. Here, sure. Off we go. Okay. So the difference between your husband's personality and the men that you were choosing to date and recognizing that that just really was not a fit for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I was in New York. I was always like the shakers and movers of New York. So I would go to the top lawyer and date them, which are, yeah, uh, very alpha males. Okay. Two alphas uh, in one household is not a good idea. Yes. (laughs) And then I was... One of us has to die. (laughs) The first month maybe was exciting because he would take you to these all the shishi fufu places that I was interested to go, or he would tell me I'll do this and he would provide a comfort for me. But then you realize a very successful man in that caliber, they give you, they have, they figured out their life. And one puzzle is missing and that's you or their wife puzzle. Mm-hmm. So they put that. So you have to, they give you a, freedom but it's in that 
um, box. frame in that box. For example, they give you 10 dresses to wear, but they chose that 10 dresses and they're like, oh, well, whichever you choose is good. They, you don't have that freedom to be who you want. Whereas with my husband, we are growing together. We're going to grow the business together. We're going to build a life together. Whereas I'm coming to someone else's life that is already built. So, and he had that, he gives me that freedom, which at the beginning I was like, well, you don't want to take, take charge on certain elements. And he was like, but no, we're together in this. We choose together. And I was like, hmm, more job for me. But now this works because I love to have my inputs. I couldn't, after a month of other people with being with other men that I mentioned, I would get frustrated. I'd be like, I just need to go out. And I'm going to go out and I'm not going to come home. And that's it. And I would do crazy things to show oh, him yeah? this is my mark and don't cross that mark. And obviously we had a lot of um, uh, you know, problems with Sasha. I don't have those issues. He gives me the freedom and I'm like, mm, actually, I don't want to go out. It's strange. I, my girlfriends are saying, come here, come here. I'm like, I just want to be with him at home and watch a Netflix or something. I don't know what's going on with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you'll probably have more other married friends and have couple relationships too. Yes. Yeah. And I think Sasha's groundedness it's very nice because I'm like, oh, I'm like a butterfly. But him, his grounded personality and calm and assertive personality makes me calm down. So I think it's a nice match. They actually act as a good anchor. Exactly. He gives For, me that anchor. And that's the same. We have this, I was laughing because it's the same personality thing. I mean, I'm the butterfly. Mm -hmm. And he's just standing there knowing that I'm going to come home. Exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so is there any story that you'd, uh, a story of um, a big aha moment? Like that sounds to me like there's a whole, but there, I mean, there's a whole train of them and this whole self-awareness is huge. So and, and it seems like it was one journey. There wasn't really a disruption of it. It was just kind of like this evolution that you took part in, which is interesting because very often um, there's big, I mean, moving, moving is a big deal. So I'm not saying that those aren't big deals, but any kind of um, trauma that shifted you in a positive way in in any shape or form, like when you were a child or it was your home life besides really, I think there was probably a lot of, uh, maybe there was energy around the whole, this is the way that it is. And this is how you're going to grow up. Did your parents accept your independence or was there conflict as you were going through that creation of independence? I think, Part of them, they wanted me a certain way. And they were always worried about me. <laughs> but I think at some level, they understood they cannot keep me. Uh, I needed 
they needed to give me that freedom to go um, at certain age, 18, although they would have loved to keep me at home, they realized I cannot thrive at home in Iran. I need to go. Although it can be very painful for them because I'm a very fun person to be around, you know, at home and I'm home, like I'm dancing. I'm so, if I'm not home, you will really feel the missing part because I love to drink and cook something and have, you know, fun moment at home. But they were okay for me to leave because they understood keeping me won't be okay. And they always wonder that the husband that I have to choose needs to understand that need of my freedom. Otherwise, I cannot, I'm not okay. I will go to depression and it will be a shame to kill my joy and spark in life. So I, I'm happy with Sasha because he understands the concept. It's such a blessing such a blessing that you the experience that you had with growing up and your parents recognizing the need for freedom and to let you go and to almost it's like I mean by that it's it's an encouragement Mm -hmm. right and trusting that um trusting that everything is going to be okay right she's she's on a different journey than the one that we've experienced but she's going to be okay Yes. And that they could appreciate that joy and that fun in you. And now you've created that in your new relationship. Yes. I think they're happy about it because, you know, they were worried about it. (laughs) No kidding. And, And it was just your anniversary too, wasn't it? Yes, it was my one year anniversary. We got married in pandemic in Paris. So, yeah. How amazing. (laughs) It was actually, I was very nervous. Uh, That day I was very nervous and I couldn't even come out of the bathroom. Oh, really? I was like, I didn't even shower to go to do the ceremony in Paris because I was feeling, oh my God, I'm doing a very, the important, one of the most important thing I'm signing in my life. And no one in my family, even friends, they met Sasha because we met right before the pandemic and then we were stuck. So I'm choosing a husband without no one even meeting him. But um, I just felt like that's the right thing to do for me. I was alone. I felt that was bothering me. Amazing, but you and and you still went through with it, so you knew what it was that your heart wanted. Yes, with him, I think, I think a couple of things I want to mention to the people, to the listeners, how important it is to be alone with yourself, to have, to be in tune with yourself, mm-hmm. because throughout this journey, I'm more when I moved to New York and I lived there for eight and a half years. In these eight and a half years, I had a lot, I cried a lot. Some of the most crazy cries I did in my life was there. And I had a lot of joys as well. I think New York gave me life. I had a full life, all the spectrums, I felt it. One of the interesting um, things that I'm going to tell to young people to meet as many people that they can, because these people, they're going to teach you a lot of lessons. 
I met, I remember the first year, uh, first or second year I was in New York and I didn't have a lot of friends. Whereas in New York, in LA, I had a lot of close friends and my birthday was the thing to celebrate big. Obviously, I don't have those in New York. And she met me with me and she told me, oh, how amazing it is that you know what time you're born and who you're born because she was adopted. And she didn't know exactly the date that she was she was born. And okay. they just, I think, made an assumption based her body uh, development. And that moment I realized, who cares I'm alone? I have me. I know the exact moment that I'm born in Tehran. And my mom and dad, I have certain disagreements how they brought me, obviously, as you know, everyone has it. But I'm from them. They gave me the roots where I'm from. What else I want from a parent? Yeah. <laughs> I know who I am and I know the time. So right now, my birthdays, I like to celebrate alone. Actually, now with Sasha, it's a little bit tricky because I, I'm telling him, give me the, the half a day alone. I need to be with myself alone and I have certain ceremonies with myself. Oh, wow. Um, so what are those ceremonies? I have a certain cake that I get and I, um, I blew the candle at the exact moment that I'm born in Tehran. So it doesn't matter where I am in the world. I celebrate the exact time that I was born in Tehran. And um, I thank my higher self. So I have a picture of me as a baby. She's my guru in life, actually. I have my crystals and her. I always pray to her and I give myself the permission to have a guidance from her because I believe your higher self knows everything. So she guides me through life. And um, uh, I have a bath ceremony. So I... Uh, take a bath with seven flowers for seven wishes. Um, and I journal the day, what's happening and what stage I am in that day. And I keep a notebook on my years of birthdays, what every year what happened and what mentally place I was. Mm. And it's nice. It gives you, a per- and I buy something for myself, a, something very personal and private for me. So... I don't know. I just honor me. And to be honest, I don't care if I have friends to celebrate or not. I'm just happy to celebrate that day and honor that day for me. <laughs> so we nice. changed the, if I didn't, if I didn't meet these people, they weren't, they wouldn't change my perspective of different things. That's why I tell people, you have to meet people. You have to be friends with different types, with different backgrounds, with different upbringings, because then you realize certain elements in you that you never thought it's there. Beautiful wisdom. So celebrate your birthdays with yourself. It's beautiful. It's you have your own beautiful friend. <laughs> so yeah, loving myself started in New York mainly. Okay. Then I became alone. Uh, when the family love or my best friend love once wasn't there physically, I became more in tune with me. What an incredible gift. A gift to give yourself. Yes. Wonderful. So So great. (laughs) (laughs) So 
what is, uh, what do you see? Cause now you're starting a business and I wasn't clear. I don't think you mentioned what that business is or it's something you're kind of figuring out at this time. So what is it that you see in your future, your next level of juicy in your life? Well, uh, me and Sasha, we don't have a home right now. We are just living through different uh, places we have um, with families around. Um, we need to decide which city we want to reside and where we want to call home. Uh, we have a couple of options, so we're thinking through that. The first, I think we need to make a home so we can go buy furniture together, cups together. I love my having my coffee cup. <laughs> um, so some things of mine, because I think that's important for my groundedness, mm -hmm. uh, which is something that my husband doesn't believe in, but I believe in. Maybe I'm a woman. I don't know. And I keep telling him. Doesn't believe in what? He said, who cares? A couple of months we're living here. A couple of months we're living in another city. Okay. Why are you so concerned about your stuff? But I'm saying, I need mine. I need my couch. I need my plates. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a woman and man difference. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But I feel like my next step is just to find a place that I can call home. It's my home mm -hmm. with Sasha. And we can buy things that we like in that home. Something simple. I'm not asking big things. But a plate, a coffee cup that I, it's mine. <laughs> and um, maybe to develop a family. Um, I'm not that young. And if I have a kid, if I want to have a child, it's now. So um, I need to work on that. We need to work on that together. And uh, and so does he? Yeah. Is he? Are, is he on the same page with you as far as? Yes. he's oh, an only yeah. child too. Oh wow! And uh, we realized we want children to take care of us because <laughs> we don't have brother sisters, so mine as well bring a child. So later on, we'll take care. Of These are selfish reasons. That's well, you're gonna have to have more than one then to raise your <laughs> increase your chances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true so no we we're an only child so i think having children would be a nice thing for us to have people from your own blood in, in the system nice that sounds wonderful so it'll be interesting to see where you land up are you going to stay in the area of la you think or um well right now we're in la but we were just visiting um we're going to be in Paris soon, next week. In the south of France. <laughs> yeah, I, I like love the of south of France. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I used to, I've been, I, I had the wonderful opportunity of uh, actually doing quite a bit of traveling for a few years uh, with my, I mean, we've done some great traveling now, but uh, years ago, I, my, my first journeys to Europe and uh, I was actually, I was to France four times and Italy three times and just the villages, the landscapes, the skies in Tuscany are more beautiful than I could ever, ever share. The south of France, just, oh, the, the feel of the, the food and the, you know, just the atmosphere and just everything about it. It's just glorious. So, 
Beautiful. <laughs> you like it there? Yes. <laughs> we should um traveling is awesome. It's a beautiful feeling to you know, meet other cultures, meet other people and um Yeah. I think living different places can give you that opportunity to interact with different settings in life and gives you um yeah, you meet people. And I love I love meeting people. I feel like whoever you meet, they're teaching you something. So, I'm going to I don't know, do we have time? So, oh, my goodness, it is. To, yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to share Wait, something you very do? quick. Yeah. I want to share something very quick and I want to give the listeners the opportunity that why sometimes you need to be open in life because you meet you might meet someone and they, that person can change the path of your life in a way. Yes. So I was in New York and at the beginnings of it and I was sad because in LA I had a very comfortable life. In New York I have a um quote unquote shitty life compared to my LA. <laughs> I was living in a bad situation and you know I didn't have a lot of money so for me struggle I was very struggling in New York a lot. And I was like okay why am I doing this? I just can't get one more I came with one way ticket i just can't get a one way ticket and go back to my grandma why live like this and i was walking to barzanobel a bookstore and there i was read i was looking for sufi uh, i guess like sufism can find me a solution and i was looking for rumi i met a woman with wearing scarf and she was in that a section as well looking for books and we start talking um and we just hit it up so well that we're like okay let's go and have a coffee just there we didn't even ask each other's name i don't even know what was her name we i she just shared with me her story her life story how she she was from palestine how she came to new york and how she's struggling and how she survived her survival story And at that moment, she changed my perspective of life. I'm like, Matilda, I just got a ticket from LA to here. Very shishifufu and comfortable compared to her story. And what am I complaining? And she came here to have a better life. And she's dealing with a lot of issues to just be, to have her freedom. And I have my freedom and I'm not giving it all. And... by the time i say goodbye we laughed with each other we cried with each other and we had a lovely time drinking coffee by the time i'm walking back home and i'm like matila i'm going to continue this is my city and i'm going to make it my city i don't have friends who cares the city can be my best friend so what i'm trying to uh, accomplish with these stories people come just having a simple conversation with you can change your mind and i didn't move back to la and i'm so happy i'm thankful to her because because of her i stayed in new york and i i created the life that i created for myself otherwise i would have packed my bag and came back to la and never experienced what i experienced so some people just come to you and change your life to better it's very interesting cuz when we're in the flow we always have what we need right yeah. so the right people the right circumstance i mean otherwise very 
I, in the busyness, we can be blind to seeing anything. It's just kind of like, I always say that God is always speaking. It's that we're not always hearing. Exactly. Right. So the relationship is available. If I only sit and listen, Mm -hmm. because I can be doing this all the time too. (laughs) (laughs) So that stillness and, and, you know, you going out and being in that state of flow and wanting something to happen that you didn't really know when he just was, you made that connection. So that's really amazing. Yeah. I'm very thankful of her. I don't know if she listens or she even remembers me, but uh, she changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to remember those, those moments and those people for sure. I've had, I've had many people that have had an impact that, and, and it's interesting because the memory comes up at very specific times to share mm-hmm. for a reason. So on that note, is there something that you would like to share that you do on a regular basis to help keep you learning, growing, inspired, whatever that is, you can say successful in whatever. um... Um, I can tell you, um, this is something that in my podcast, I talk about a lot or people ask me a lot. How do you start self self-love journey I think maybe you don't know you love yourself or you don't love yourself so you have to do something physical that it comes naturally to you one thing you might be very stupid but it really works to buy a, an expensive compared to your budget body cream because you can buy expensive clothes but other people can see it so you kind of you're doing it to look proper for outside but if you buy an expensive cream and when you're shower you come out and put that expensive cream and it dissolves in your body so nobody sees it you only know how it feels Mm -hmm. you start honoring yourself you start honoring you start you should start honoring yourself physically till that element comes natural for you you will start feeling different when you start saving some money so you can get that lotion so you can put it on your body and it dissolves in it and nothing shows outside but then makes you feel differently about yourself you need to start feel differently about yourself so your you can prioritize your needs your emotional needs what you want from life needs um otherwise you can start being in a wrong relationship if you are not in the the front line for yourself and if you're not the soldier of your boundaries to protect your boundaries no one will your friends won't your parents won't your child won't your partner won't so you really need to feel the queen of your territory which is you um otherwise a lot of wrong things can happen in your life wrong business wrong relationship wrong friendship uh you're gonna waste a lot of time with wrong elements in life mm-hmm. so okay pay- that was very powerful very powerful share because we can take an act and do that we have to be committed to doing it mm-hmm. um i always say when you're getting ready bring the intention of self-love into the action of it And so what you had said and the honoring of self, that 
action can bring the feeling. Mm-hmm. Which and is- I like to touch myself, not in a sexual or sensual way. Sensual, why not? Excuse me, sensual. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, you how you will pet maybe to your dog, the love that you're giving to a dog, or how you touch your child, like you're uh, gentle with them. You have to be with you as well, so you realize I matter. Matilda matters for Matilda, and if I don't take care of me, that inner child of me and that feeling that I need from others if I don't fulfill it inside me my husband cannot give it to me my parents cannot oh and trust me your best friend cannot give it to you either no so you just show up for yourself and that's it I mean ask other people to show up for you too why not but and first line the first soldier it should be you (laughs) the first line of I wouldn't say defense the first line of love yes the act, the act of love and honoring yourself. Wow. So thank you so much, Matilda. That was amazing sharing. I'm already thinking, oh, I'd like to break this down into pieces and, you know, have these little mini, <laughs> these mini <laughs> podcasts, right? So thank just you, to- Kate. And thank you for audience. Uh, and I'm sure you, I'm sure, um, you know, I would love to have, some feedbacks from your audience. Hopefully they enjoyed this conversation too. But um, yeah. They, I'm sure they did. My juice are flowing. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much, all the listeners. I thank you so much for being here today and having a listen to Living Your Juiciest Life Ever with Matilda Tavarian. Tavanian. Darn it. (laughs) Tavanian. I'm going to say it again and then you'll remember. Coffee with Matilda. So have a listen and look out for her podcast as well. And we will list the podcast in the description of this. And so thank you so much and have an incredible day. And remember, you are a miracle. Have an amazing day. Afternoon, morning or evening.